1: You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter box. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manneman. And we have a crowd pleaser today. Being a huge Michigan State Spartan fan, I would like to start it off by saying go green. And we have state champion in high school for baseball from Dyersville Beckman, Kirkwood Community College, powerhouse standout Michigan State Spartan commit standing at six foot five 220 pounds we welcome Jackson Bennett to the Dubuque area baseball podcast Jackson this is a pleasure for me anytime that I can interview a Spartan I get super excited for this so welcome to the Dubuque area baseball podcast
0: yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, something I've been looking forward to doing, and it's a great thing for Dubuque Baseball.
1: Thanks, I appreciate that. Now, why did you choose to go to uh, East Lansing to continue your baseball career with the Michigan State Spartans?
0: I was right away with the coaching staff, I really clicked, and I could tell that they are really genuine people, and they, they really wanted to help me out, and just they like to the win, too, so... It's something that just felt right with me from right when I got off the plane. So,
1: I, I have to tell you that I've had a lot of great memories with the Michigan State Spartans. I was at all three Big Ten championship games for football two of the three they won. I was sitting about 10 rows from L.J. Scott's game-winning touchdown against the Iowa Hawkeyes. I was there a time when they beat Penn State to win the conference. And the first ever NCAA pool I ever won, I picked the Michigan State Spartans. That's how I became a fan of them. Now, what other schools were looking at you during the recruiting process?
0: Um. So I talked to Western Kentucky. I talked to Wichita State, Southeastern Louisiana, and a couple other schools around there. But I committed decently early into the fall, so I really didn't. Once I once I was there, I knew it's kind of where I wanted to go. So.
1: Yeah, it's probably that feeling when you know you meet the girl of your dreams or you walk into your dream house. You just kind of know right when you walk in that's that's where you want to be. Now, last night when I was preparing for this interview, I was looking over your stats from Kirkwood, and I noticed that they used you as a two-way player. You... Um, uh, also had some saves as well, and you also got some starts on the mound. What has the coaching staff at Michigan State told you on their plans for using you?
0: Um, so they said originally that I was going to come in there and fight for a starting spot. And I still plan to do that, but with the seniors coming back, I'm really just looking to go out there and help them any way I can. So.
1: And when you say a starting spot, are you talking about at first base? Are you talking about in the starting rotation? Are you talking the first guy out of the pen, the setup man, the closer? Um, how do they plan on using you as a hitter and as a first baseman or strictly just a pitcher?
0: Um, I'm going to strictly pitch. They they, uh, they know I can hit and that I have in the past, but it's especially at that level, it's very hard to do both. And so I'm just going to focus on
1: pitching. Yeah, you have to be a pretty special player, What you are, to do both. But when you think about those Power Five conferences, especially in the Big Ten, they have everybody's best player on their team, so it is very hard to do both. Now, I could sit here and I could talk Michigan State Spartan sports with you all day, but this episode's about you. I want to know about your path. How did you get to where you are today with the Michigan State Spartans? You were born to Dubuque area legend and semi-pro Hall of Famer Rufus Bennett. I actually uh, coached against Rufus many times in my coaching days. And your first coach, your dad, was a phenomenal coach. What advice has your dad given you that you still use today in baseball and in life?
0: I'll just say the competitiveness side. For me, I was a pretty... I'm a pretty mellow guy, so a little bit opposite of him in that that regard. And he just put he just put forth some competitiveness into me. I'm, I'm sure just was always always uh, working out with me, and he wouldn't he would never tell me to do anything that he he hasn't done or wouldn't do. So that was something that really helped me.
1: Yeah, your dad, you're, you're a lucky guy. Your dad is just a phenomenal guy. I know whenever I see him out in public, whether it's at a baseball game, he always knows me by my first name. We always have uh, great baseball conversations. And uh, his name was floating around my Twitter feed a couple weeks ago. I was doing semi-pro episodes, and somebody had commented saying, hearing the semi-pro episodes reminds them of when Rufus Bennett used to hit 500 foot home runs with aluminum bats and then pat weber would throw at him in his next at bat so um you you are one lucky guy your dad is just a heck of a guy um one of my favorites uh to coach against in the baseball community he understood the game and he understood kids
0: yeah a lot of people don't realize though uh that my mom might be the best athlete in our family as she she won 100 games in high school and is in the the Iowa State Hall of Fame for high school uh, softball. And that's something pretty interesting that not, not a lot of people actually realize that. So,
1: I had no idea about that at all. But that is that's crazy just to look at the talent from your dad and your mom and that they, they passed on to you. You have some pretty phenomenal genes there, Jackson. Now, this is something that, that I found to be interesting. After you played your little league. You went to high school, and I was surprised to see that you attended Powerhouse Dyersville Beckman and played for legendary Hall of Fame coach Tom Jink Jr. What made you decide to play at Beckman over the Western Dubuque Bobcats?
0: Um, so it was it was very tough to leave Western, like the Western Dubuque feeder system, basically of Seton. So I went to Seton Middle School, and that's the Catholic school that a lot of people go to Western Dubuque and a lot of my best friends ended up going to Western Dubuque. But something for me was I was really close to my grandmother and my parents also have, they're really close to their faith. So it was kind of an easy decision for me to go to Beckman, honestly.
1: So you would say that faith plays a big part in your life?
0: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: That's, that's great. I, I have never heard that about you. Um, I had always wondered, because I know your dad and I know Casey Bryant are very good friends, and there were always rumors going around that there was a rift between those two or they had a falling out, and that's why you decided to go to dyersville Beckman but i I think that's fantastic uh, I tip my cap to you for um, following to um, following your faith and and going to um, Beckman after going from from Seton. And Seton is, is a phenomenal school. Now, you were part of a magical season, and I hope they make a movie of it someday. But um, your last season at Beckman was Coach Jink's final season. Now, Coach Jink was not coaching, but he would show up to many practices and he would show up and and watch many games from the stands. What was that season like? What what emotions were you and your teammates going through that whole season?
0: Yeah, so during the preseason it was just it was just so different than I've ever experienced at Beth, I mean even even during the classes during the second semester just didn't feel the same with not seeing him walking around the hallways, high-fiving guys, saying, saying jokes to me, always messing with me. So that was something that was crazy with me, to me because of how how fast everything changed. He was literally playing with his grandson during Christmas break and ended up having a seizure or a stroke, sorry, and then found out what was actually going on. And it was just a drastic change and a very weird time for us. But but I mean, his strength definitely pushed all of us to kind of do what we did out there.
1: So. I uh, interviewed former coach and former player Dylan Slattery, um, remembering Coach Jink, and he had shared what that season was like. And I had shared with him that I had met Coach Jink one time, and it was before a freshman game. He came out of the out on the field and talked to Connor Klosterman and myself, and him and I talked and he treated me like we had been friends and known each other for 30 years. And there was not a dull moment in the conversation. And if he treated me that well, I can't imagine the extraordinary things he did for his players and he did for the people in the baseball community. Now, that season was a storybook season. It had a storybook ending where it ended at the state tournament, and you guys won the state championship, and he was watching from the press box. What were the what were what were the feelings like? The nerves like during that state championship game, knowing that he was there, knowing that he was watching down on you guys.
0: Um, honestly, the nerves were just kind of good nerves. It was the, the butterflies before game, and I honestly, we were just so determined that it really wasn't. You didn't notice the nerves until after we won, and it just felt like you had just taken a 200-pound weight off your shoulder and your chest because once, once we won and we got to go see coach again, It was you didn't notice how nervous you actually were until you won. So it was, it was crazy.
1: I, I love that picture with you and him connecting in his suite, and I don't know if you guys were doing a fist bump or – or shaking hands, but it just showed the the love and respect that you two guys had for each other. Now, what lessons did Coach Jink give you about baseball and also life that you still use today?
0: So something that I think about very often, because I do fail a lot in many regards to life, is that he always mentioned about a great hitter, a Hall of Fame hitter, he, he fails seven out of ten times. And he's going to be remembered forever he fails seven out of ten times in life you're not gonna be able to fail seven out of ten times so that's why baseball is such a beautiful game but he says that failure is like the only way to learn and that's something that really stuck out to me and you don't it's not about whether you win or lose it's about whether you learn and the lessons that you take away from it and you can take away lessons from everything and that's what he really did
1: Yeah, he was he was a phenomenal guy. And I had just actually heard this before we went on the air that Dylan Slattery and some guys from the Beckman baseball community are going to get together an alumni game and they are going to play the game at the Field of Dreams. And they are going to raise money and give a scholarship that would be in Coach Jink's name and start a foundation. Now, again, I just heard about it before signing on, but be on the lookout for that, and we'll get you that information once it's available. Now, you took the junior college route, and you went to play for the Kirkwood Eagles for Todd Ryma. Now, Todd Ryma, he has such an amazing resume with his coaching career. I, I know Todd, I don't know if he would know me, but Coach Ryman and I coached against each other a couple times when I was varsity at Hempstead, and he was at Cedar Rapids Prairie for such a short period of time, and he won, I believe, two state championships while he was there. Why did you decide to go the junior college route, Jackson?
0: I think for, for me specifically, being a two-way player out of high school, I think that was definitely the smartest route because it it kind of allowed me to realize how much time you needed to spend in each each aspect of the game and i personally couldn't do both to both uh hitting and pitching so i think to fi- be able to find that out at the junior college level was perfect for me and the smaller classes went very well with a very heavy baseball load that you had to get accustomed to because in high school There'd be times we'd show up and it'd maybe an hour and twenty minutes, even forty five minute practices. And in college, you're gonna go from class to class to class to practice to lifting and then extra work if you wanna do okay. So I think junior college was definitely the perfect route for me. You can't you can't choose a wrong school in Iowa for junior college. You have Coach Schulte, you have Coach Rima, you have you used to have Coach Herger at NIAC. like there's so many good options for junior colleges in Iowa.
1: Now, what did Coach Ryman and Kirkwood Community College provide you that helped you land a spot in a Power 5 conference?
0: One of the biggest thing they, things that they provided for me was the mental side of the game. So we did mental training two times a week, both of the falls that I was there, and that just, it really toughened me up, honestly. And it just kind of matured me baseball-wise. So... We had to learn how to trust in our teammates and learn how to, like, actually believe in ourselves. So that was big. Because Coach Rahimov, if, if you've met him, like, he is very confident, but not cocky. He's a very confident guy. And he's kind of instilled that in us. Like, be confident because you put the work in. So
1: Yeah, and he always had very well-prepared teams at Cedar Rapids Prairie. I'm sure the same is, is for the Kirkwood Eagles. Now, when you talked about he put you through mental training twice a week, what would that look like? Would you guys meditate? Would you do yoga? Would he bring in inspirational speakers? How did he go about doing that?
0: So we did an online program with uh, the guy that actually works with the TCU program as well. And we'd go into, we had, we had a beautiful room in the Kirkwood Johnson Hall, a, new, a very just athletic hall in Kirkwood. And we'd go in there we do team building stuff, we'd meditate, and we'd just talk. And we'd have real life talks. Didn't even regard baseball sometimes. It was just, it was really beneficial for everyone, I think.
1: Jackson, I want to go back to that season from Dyersville Beckman. They make a movie about that season. Who's playing you? Uh, I
0: don't know. I don't know.
1: Do you, do you think uh, hopefully they they wouldn't get somebody that's like thirty five years old and they, they try to pass him as as a high school kid, but who who do you who do you think might 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 play you? a six foot five, two hundred and twenty pound flamethrower, uh, who looks even more intimidating when he's when he's on the mound?
0: I don't know. Uh, honestly I have I have no idea. I have not it doesn't come to my head right now, honestly.
1: But you know, you know, Jackson. If I was the casting director, I'm gonna cast you because we. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a name. You're trying to come up with a name. I, I think the person that should play Jackson Bennett in this movie, if they ever make it about Coach Jink in his final season, I think it should be it should be Jackson Bennett. Now, when you think about Coach Rima and Coach Jink, and then your dad. How how would you compare the three of those, the three of them as coaches?
0: Just the toughness and competitiveness. It's just, they would, they all, I'd say they hate to lose way more than they like to win. They definitely hate to lose more than they like to win. And they all, they all just, I would never see them leave anything out there, like, they're just ultimate competitors, I would say. That's what they that's what they mean to me, so
1: Jackson, are you interested in staying around for the around the Horn segment?
0: Definitely, yep. Hey! Is this heaven?
1: No. It's the around the horn section of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Five random questions that the guest were not prepped for. Alright, let's do it. So Jackson. Rapid fire. First thing that pops into your head? Plans after college? Uh, get a degree. And,
0: oh, sorry. After, after college, uh, join or going to sales and marketing.
1: And what are you studying at Michigan State?
0: I'm doing business business with uh, like intentions and in marketing and sales. So
1: now we know that the draft this year is only five rounds. If it's only five rounds in the upcoming years, would you ever consider playing in an independent league or playing independent baseball? Or are you one of those guys where if you, if you don't get drafted, you might hang it up?
0: I think that honestly depends on how uh, my time at Michigan state goes here in the, in the upcoming future. Because if, if I just have two, two or three great years there and just, the time of my life and play some very good ball and I'm ready to hang it up, then so be it. So I guess that depends on the future a little bit.
1: Question number two. I hear those long road trips can have some pretty memorable stories. What is the funniest college road trip story that you'd like to share?
0: Oh uh, a lot of them <laughs> a lot of them are not podcast material, honestly, but not podcast yeah,
1: material not. as in they're not appropriate for our audience or? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Okay. Well, let's, funny. let's, let's yeah. PG it up a little bit. I mean, did, did you have guys that did things crazy where they would put icy hot on certain parts of their body to see how long they could sit there? I mean, it, you know, and if, feel free to not use a name if you're afraid, but, but what, what, what is something that would stand out from a, a long road trip or, or a night in a hotel?
0: Uh, we, there was all sorts of everything at the junior college level, just guys from everywhere doing things you had never seen before. Not like bad things, just guys are so, they're so diverse and so goofy, but I'll just say maybe my favorite memory on road trips was we took a how many hour road trip to Florida and just the amount of gaming councils and games of the show going on was insane and NHL and You learn so many things when you're stuck in a bus with guys, so I'd say that was it.
1: We do have a gaming question coming up during the seventh inning stretch, by the way, but you're right about when you bring people from all over the country, that real diverse setting, and the thing that I know about pitchers, and especially guys that pitch out of the bullpen, is... They're usually a pretty, pretty odd people, and I'm sure there's some pretty, pretty amazing sh- stories. Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up episode where where you uh, um, talk about some of the road trips, some of the memories. Third question here: I want you to think of your game as a pitcher. What current major league pitcher do you try to emulate your game after?
0: Um, just like aggressiveness wise, I would. I think everyone would agree with this. I want to be like Max Scherzer. I want to throw gas. I want to have nasty secondary stuff, and I want to really attack. So that's what I, I like to model after. So
1: Now, Max Scherzer was one that actually played in the Northwoods League. Have you had any people contacting you, or has anybody reached out about you ever playing in the Northwoods League?
0: Um, yeah, so I was set to play for the Bismarck Larks after my freshman year. And I ended up staying back, back home. And then this year, I was not able to play this year there because of what's going on. So,
1: now if you ever play that league, please let me know. I, I would love to go sit and watch you pitch again. And I'm gonna have to live stream some games from the Michigan State Spartans. You are one of my favorite pitchers that I used to love to go and and watch pitch. I mean, geez, your ball had so much movement on it. It was it was fun to sit behind home plate and watch. Now, question four. Most difficult area hitter, high school or semi-pro, to get out?
0: See, there's probably – I could list a million off the top of my head. So I'm going to – Start least, naming I'm them. I'm probably going to miss uh, Gregory Bennett. Uh, it kills me to say this, but Brett Featherston <laughs> I actually threw against him last night and got him out but he is, he's always like a quarter of an inch from just just missing my ball. so he's he's someone that you just you kind of perk up when you see you come into the plate you had a couple miles per hour to your fastball but Gregory Bennett definitely. Sam Link is a tough hitter. He is, a, he can, he is one of the best competitors I've faced at the plate. And then you got Judd White, great hitter as well. Isaac Evans, all those guys are just Tucker May. I didn't like throwing against him. Jake Westoff, it's it's honestly too many to count. And my teammate, Joel Vasquez, kill, kills me to say it, but he's kind of got my number sometimes too. And he's a great guy too. So there's so many hitters though.
1: And the semi-pro league right now is crazy good with baseball not being played right now. I looked at the Piasta Cubs lineup, and it was Division One player after Division One player. It was crazy. So why did you decide—this isn't a question um, in the Around the Horn segment— but why did you decide to play with Cascade?
0: Uh, so I'm very good friends with Bryce and Brock Simon, and it was just— I did it last summer a couple times, and there's a lot of good. Nate McMullen's a great guy, and I've known him since I was kind of coming up and going through high school. Derek Lorance, just and Blake Simon too. It's just guys that I really get along with, and I actually definitely have to throw Bryson into one of the toughest area hitters. He that guy can mash too, so and he has my number. He almost ended my junior year season. So,
1: that, thanks for sharing that, and I, I will piggyback Nate McMullen. I taught with him for I believe. Three years at Jefferson Middle School, we used to have lunch together, and those were some of my my favorite times besides working with, with the great kids there. Now, I know you are not one that likes to talk about themselves. You're a very humble man. But let's brag a little bit. I want you to think about your high school or college experience And I want you to tell us about the best game that you ever played. Um, The best
0: game I ever played was probably against Benton Community. And we ended up getting a loss in that game because I ended up, it was the first, first year and it was kind of early in the season of the pitch count. And our coaches kind of didn't really understand it. So I ended up, I threw six innings and I had 15 strikeouts, I believe. And I put, I should have just went the seventh inning since I already ruined, ruined the pitch count thing. But I think that was my best game. I think it was fifteen strikeouts, maybe one hit or no hits. But
1: that's crazy. And uh, how did you swing it that day? Do you remember? Were you four for four with uh, four home yeah. runs or?
0: I think I actually hit a double that, that game and I pimped it. So that was kind of <laughs> embarrassing, but <laughs> I thought I hit a home run. But.
1: Did, uh, did anybody yell weight room <laughs> when you were standing on I think second base? The page? whole
0: team was on me for a couple of days after that one. So they enjoyed it, though.
1: That's great. Jackson Bennett from Michigan State University, the Spartan himself. Thank you for sitting around and joining us for the Around the Horn segment of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Next is our seventh inning stretch segment of the podcast, which is audience-driven questions. Sit back and enjoy. First question in the seventh inning stretch comes from Brian Schuler, and he asks, when was the last time your dad, semi-pro Hall of Famer Rufus Bennett, took you deep?
0: Um, he's never taken me deep in a game. And that's something I'm proud of, but he has he has been known to beat me in, in basketball a few times, and that gets pretty heated between him and I, so. To answer that question. I guess
1: that's a rarity because your dad has taken a lot of people deep. Um, how many times have you faced him if you had to throw a ballpark out there? Probably around five or five times. Five and now is he oh for five, three for five? And no, off the top of your head,
0: I he's probably two for five. But yeah. he probably all hit. He probably hit him hard or whatever. But none of them's... None of them
1: squeaked out of the ballpark. So, Gosh, that's, that's just got to be an unbelievable experience, playing a game, um, you having the career that you had and that you will continue to have facing your dad who's in the Dubuque County Semi-Pro Hall of Fame. That, that was probably a pretty amazing experience. Now, question two comes from Logan Zara. And he asked, what was it like playing for the American Legion team? Were you on that team that made the run to the American Legion World Series? Uh, yeah, I played first base for that team. Awesome. Let's, let's hear about it. That was such a crazy experience. I, I actually had a lot of fun watching that over the internet. Tell us about that, that experience.
0: So that was probably one of the most fun experiences I've ever had in my life. Because we were on a road trip for basically three weeks to a month, and it was just all baseball, and it was just us hanging out the whole time. So we actually Joel Vaskey and I would go from the um, the Iowa the Iowa State tournament for Legion to the to the high school all star game. So we played I don't know how many games we played, but we played every day for probably ten days straight, the Legion and the, the all star game series. And so we did that, and then we, we went up to North Dakota, I believe, and we played there for about a week. And then we went straight to Minneapolis, stayed overnight, flew to North Carolina, and we were there for another week, I think. So that was one of the best experiences I've ever had. But it was a very, very long stretch, met some great guys, Logan being one of them, and it was something I'll never forget for sure.
1: That is that is crazy. You have to love the game to experience what you just described there. Now that team was made of the best players from the Dubuque County area. Can you uh, give us as many names as you can remember from that roster?
0: Yeah. So we had Connor Crable, Jimmy Bock, or Jimmy McDermott. Sorry, Joel Vasky, Gannon O'Brien, Reed Roush. Uh, We had Sam Goodman, Will Courtney, Dylan Gatto, T.J. Dierdorf, Cody Dierdorf, And we had – it was just so – Mark Brown, Kyle Lehman, and Sam Link were part of the team also. It was so – it was loaded, and it was a great time.
1: That's a team. I I would hate to be the opposing pitcher facing that team. And who were the coaches and the managers of that team?
0: Uh, So we had – Rob Warner was the coach, and then Ryan Money. Kramer and and uh, from
1: Epworth also. He was one of our
0: coaches. Wow and that,
1: that that team! What a team! And they uh, they made some memories. It might be kind of cool. Maybe we have a future episode where we bring you back on for an for a curtain call. We get some of those other guys from the team, and we talk about that season and and we reminisce. That might be a good episode we have in the future. Last question we have from the seventh inning stretch which are audience driven questions comes from Evan Paulus he wants to know what are you going to pick up your 2k game he says you cannot ever beat him in NBA 2k so set the record straight here
0: I just like to say that we're probably about even career-wise and the kid does not put the sticks down the kid is dedicated to the game I'll give him that but He's not, he's not as good as he says he is. But.
1: When you play 2K, who do you roll with? Who are your, Who's your team?
0: Uh, we do random teams, but if I can get them, I like Damian Lillard. So I'll, I'll play with him anytime I can play with him.
1: Very cool. Jackson Bennett, Michigan State Spartan com- commit. This has been such an honor, and this has been such an enjoyable time. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music in the background... The podcast is coming to an end, just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. It's become tradition at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast to turn over the floor, uninterrupted with our guest on anything that they would like to share for the listening audience. It's become a cheesy tradition. We also give them a nickname to go with their segment. So we're going to go back to back with Bennett. Take it away, Jackson.
0: Um, so something that, that I really wanted to share with the younger people that might be listening to this podcast is – In baseball, like in life, you need to control the controllables. That's something that I learned from my dad, from my mom, from Coach Jank, Coach Rima. And it's just really stuck with me throughout my career. Because coming up when you're younger, you kind of get thrown off track when errors happen and stuff like that happens. But you need to control what you can control. And that's the next play. And that's something that's really helped me. And just getting the idea of getting 1% better every day sounds so corny. But it's so good for every athlete one percent better what can you like that, that extra rep what's going to push you further than the next guy because there's so many people doing the same exact thing as you are you cut one short you're getting worse you go one more extra you, you might earn a spot that you wouldn't have and just finding the weight room was huge for me i had some people reach out to me and and, and coach me on how to how to actually take care of my body and that's something that i needed as soon as I got to college because I, I noticed some guys were a little bit ahead of me. And just you need to value the weight room. If anyone listening to this, it's it's big time. Just people that are getting to their junior, senior year of high school, I'd say go to the right fit. Don't go to the the one that sounds the best. Because when I was in high school I kinda had to put my pride aside and I'm not I w I was wasn't able, I wasn't able to say I'm going division one or going this or there but Eventually, if you put the work in, you'll go to the school that, that fits you best, and that will help you get where you want to go. So go to the right fit and go somewhere that's you're actually going to be able to, to prosper. So that's something I wanted to share.
1: Jackson, it was great to go back-to-back with you, actually, learning earlier about your mother being in the Iowa High School Softball Hall of Fame. I should have actually named the segment Back-to-Back-to-Back to Back to Back with Bennett, because you have... Many great athletes in your family. I'd like to, again, thank Jackson Bennett for taking his time, sharing his story. And now we're going to end on a minute with Manaman. When I listened to Jackson's interview, he said many things that I was amused by. But a couple things that really stood out to me that kept on coming up was you don't win and you don't lose. You win and you learn. I've heard that come up a lot since I've been coaching, especially in the past couple years. I can think of games where I coached where we won and we didn't play very well. I can think of games where we lost and we played extremely well, which piggybacks on what Jackson also said is, you got to compete, and you got to want to compete, and you got to want to have it. When I coached and when I played, those games that we lost were some of the best learning experiences I had, were some of the best learning experiences my team had. And the next day at practice, we were always more focused than if we won the day before. Maybe that was lack of coaching on my part, why they might not have been as focused after a win. But after a loss, you can really break down your game, whether you're a coach or a player, and see where you need to make those adjustments and where you can get better. Thanks for listening. Six four three. We're out of here. Post game show is brought to you
0: by. Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.
1: Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media. Facebook, and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.